of Performance Publishing Group, making a difference one story at a time. We'll be shining the light on successful founders, entrepreneurs, business owners, and leaders that are getting results and making a difference. We'll talk about how they built their businesses, are creating movements, and leveraging the power of authority in their own lives. Be sure to stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest. Let's get started. Hey everybody, it's Michelle Prince, host of the Power of Authority Spotlight, where we shine the light on successful business owners, founders, leaders, people that are doing big things, they're making an impact in the world um, along with their business. And so I'm excited to introduce you to our guest today in just a second. First, this episode is brought to you by Performance Publishing. If you've ever thought about writing a book, now is the time. Everyone has a story, but your book is your business card. So if you've ever thought or considered, maybe I should get my thoughts down on paper, go to Performance Publishing group.com, grab a free strategy call, see if it's a fit for you. And, um, and, and if so, take that next step and start writing your book. Again, performancepublishinggroup.com. All right, let me introduce you to Scott Goodrich. He, is an entrepre- he has an entrepreneurial spirit that's been burning since his teenage years. In fact, he built a lawn mowing service and managed multiple paper routes, a business owner in training. After graduating college, Scott had, successful, had a successful career as a sales and operations executive, but his desire to be a business owner was never far from his heart, which we can both relate to on that. Um, seven years ago, he and his wife, Jen, took the plunge and started their own business. Like many others, they spent all their time on the struggle bus, dealing with cash flow issues, trying to make payroll, and handling staffing issues. Ultimately, they persevered and learned some incredibly valuable lessons along the way. Now, Scott is dedicated to helping others avoid the pitfalls he faced, fulfilling his purpose as a coach, and helping owners and teams achieve their dreams. When he's not guiding businesses towards success, Scott can be found hitting the gym, on the golf course, or racking up miles on his Peloton. As an EOS implementer, Scott is passionate about helping business owners build a solid foundation and clear vision, empowering them to achieve growth, balance, and financial freedom, all while enjoying the ride. I love it. Welcome to the show, Scott. Thank you so much for having me. like that uh, bio. It seems familiar to me in some way, shape, or form. (laughs) Yeah, it sounds like your life a little bit, right? Um, All right. Well, you and I had a chance even before the show started just to kind of... um, commiserate as business owners a little bit of, you know, it is a journey, right? Anyone, if you have not owned a business, it may look easy, but owning a business has its share of the highs, the lows and everything in between. And I I think this topic today is going to be really relevant to our listeners because whether you're thinking of starting a business or whether you already have a business, there's always room for improvement and there's always uh, the struggle bus. Like, I love that that's in your bio. (laughs) Uh, Absolutely. Talk a little bit about. Tell us a little bit more about your entrepreneurial journey. Yeah, for sure. It's it's an interesting one. I, I've had this conversation with with several folks recently, and um, Gino Wickman, the founder of EOS and the author of Traction. I actually listened and, and watched him in an interview, and, and Gino is convinced that entrepreneurs are born, not made. Mm. And I've asked that question of some folks along the way, and I, you know, I, I have to trust him. He's he's kind of the guru there, right? He knows more about yeah. entrepreneurs than, than most others that are out there. And, and so I, you know, you don't, I didn't think I was an entrepreneur, but I keep doing things that are entrepreneur like, so you start to realize, okay, maybe that's me. So yeah, I, even as, as a kid, right. I, and I don't know what, what drove me to do this. My, my parents were in, they, they were in the same jobs, the same companies, their entire life. My mom was a teacher, stayed in the same school district, her entire career. My father was an attorney, joined a law firm, 
one law firm, the whole law firm till he retired. So there wasn't that dynamic, you know, changing of jobs and I'm going to chase this dream. Just wasn't who they were yet. That wasn't me. So yeah, I I was mowing a lawn and then I, someone else asked me to mow their lawn. And then I write, then I had several lawns and you do some flyers and okay, now I'm a multiple lawns and my buddies had lawnmowers. I'm like, well, those lawnmowers are idle when your dad's not using them. Let's get those going. Now we're mowing a bunch of lawns. Um, so it became, you know, the lawn mowing service, uh, unofficial. Uh, now, the funny thing about that is sometimes my buddies were not as motivated as I was. So guess who mowed the lawn when that happened? Right. <laughs> the owner of the lawn mowing service. So, you know, I was doing that. Then at, at the same time, I was waking up every morning and, and I had a paper route back in the day. I'm old. Mm-hmm. I used to deliver papers door to door when yep. people got a newspaper. And I lived. <laughs> I lived in Connecticut, so I was out in, in the uh, in the in the country, so to speak. So it was a little little distance between homes, and I'd do that. And then someone had that neighboring paper route; they stopped doing. It. I'm like, well, I'll do that one too. So now I'm doing two paper routes for a while. Oh gosh. But you know, I don't know what it was about that. I guess it was just as I had like to have some cash in my pocket, like to have some some money to to take it around. I'd love to get a car at some point in time, and you know, I just kind of kept on doing things like that. Uh, so poof, there's an entrepreneurial you know spirit or, or flame that gets lit there and, and um, once again it's nature and nurture i don't know but that's what i was doing okay random question yeah. <laughs> but are you the oldest in your family i am yep oh. i am i've got i've got a younger sister but i yeah old, oldest yeah so there's something to that right first born i don't know if that's no. uh I, i'm the second born and my brother okay. everything you just described sounds exactly like him he had a paper route he had a lawn mowing business he you know, and he is a multi, multi, multi-time entrepreneur and still is. And, he, and I remember always admiring that, but it came natural to him. I won't say it came natural to me. So anyway, that was a random question, but firstborn, yeah. I think there could yeah, be yeah, it, yeah, it, something to do it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, come on now, give us a little more insight. Yeah. yeah. Then I went away from it. it was kind of funny. So when I got out of school, I said, okay, I guess got to get a job. And, and I don't know what, why or what flip there but you go to you go to school and you think all right i'm gonna go go into that space so um and there wasn't one readily available for me i I actually thought i was going to be a basketball coach that's what i thought i was going to be i love coaching love teaching that was a a thing but that didn't pan out i did a little bit of it in college and for a year after but ultimately that found myself in sales and now i'm you know back in back (laughs) in that trying to make a buck right but i you know i don't know how that shifted in in my brain i have obviously come back to it now but there was that time where i was okay I'm going to build this career and yeah. and go through the the ranks of of growing a career in in sales and operations. So it's a little bit of a shift. Which maybe though that needed to happen because you know I, I would imagine you learned a lot of lessons in that season of also too of like what you enjoy doing, what you don't enjoy doing. Do you think any of that propelled you to maybe want to start your own business after that career? Or what no do doubt, you- yeah, and learn and learn tons. And I and I you can't I would not trade it uh, right. for the world. I, I learned so much. I had some, you, you know, you go up and down through a career, um, whatever is, but, but learned some really awesome lessons along the way, lessons that I need to learn. I, I came out of school, with a liberal arts degree, not sure what I was going to do. So sales became logical, but it wasn't long before I became the sales manager. Cause I liked coaching others and teaching others. So that, that continued in that stage. So it was more manager type roles from then on, but I just learned a ton. Um, I worked at capital one, for a long period of time, uh, running some operations there and kind of growing there, but just well, there's a lot of smart people at, at Capital One and, and really an analytically driven company, um, really making the, the decisions based on data, based on facts. And uh, it was it was an awesome on the job learning experience. And uh, they also did a lot of stuff just to say, what do you want to be when you grow up type exercises? They were very forward as a company about 
let's find out who you are, what you're about. While you're here, we're going to, you know, you'll work for us. We'll pay you like that. We'll have that, that exchange, but we also want to see where you want to go ultimately. So very, oh yeah, Cap. I have nothing but great things to say about Capital One and the culture and what they what they built over the course, at least you know during the years that I was there, and it really really helped uh, cement a lot of things there, taught me a lot. Um, I also got a chance to do some stuff. So going back to that coaching and and training while I was there, um, me and, and a couple others, we said, well, we we've got some things that are working well in leadership training. Let's teach that to others. So we got the space to create an in-house university to help bring other leaders in and show them what we were doing, bring in some guest speakers and, and give them some exposure and some in-house training for the low cost of zero bucks other than, you know, coming to where we were um, within, within the company structure. So there's that coaching thing again, but it, it, it you know, that sort of popped up. So uh, it, was, it was just having those platforms within the framework of that. So I'm learning, but I'm also contributing to the growth of the of capital, which was you know, it was booming back there in the 2000s and becoming the the monolith, <laughs> the monster it is. But a lot, a lot of fun stuff. Met a lot of great folks that I still stay in touch with today. So it was really a great training ground. That's awesome. All right. Well, let's fast forward then. Um, yeah. What was the catalyst that had you decide to go out and start your own business? Yeah, you know, that that desire to want to do your own thing, right? You you want you want to have that. You want to be in control. I'd work for for folks. Uh, all the way right. You always have a boss when, when you're a you know, W two employee, and and had some ideas, and said, "Boy, this is a this is a pathway to some flexibility. Yeah. This is a pathway to be able to um, have something that's going to be beyond just just the the paycheck of something of of our own." And so we explored together a lot of different things. My wife and I did a lot of I did a lot of the research, franchise, built something our own, a lot of different things, and and ultimately did end up. Um, going with a franchise and bought into that, but it was interesting because we were the first of our kind in our market. So a lot of guinea pig stuff. So in, it, yes, it was a franchise, but in many ways it was our own little, it was our own business, right? I mean, and you had to look at it like that. And uh, we can now spend the next two hours talking about all the mistakes that we made um, in the first three, first three years. <laughs> that struggle bus that, I, that you referred to earlier is, is, is real in doing that. Um, mistake number one, and... Uh, for anyone that's listening, you probably got this. A lot of franchise ors will advertise absentee CEO. You make the investment, hire someone, and it'll go great. That is false, Not false, true. false, false, and a hard, hard lesson because I was still working at the time, even though I'd done this. My wife was still working, and we're like trying to do this on the side of the desk at night on the weekends, and it was not working. Lesson number one if you're going to do it, do it. Yeah, get it in there right. and do it. Yep. Got to, got to, got to. Um, second, you got to have some, some tolerance for some risk. You got to have some tolerance for some pain. You got to know it is not going to be smooth. Hmm. Um, yeah. So which yeah. every person who starts a business, every entrepreneur is usually in that, um, honeymoon or you're so, you're so excited and like, I'm finally yeah. going to follow my passion. It's going to go so well. And, and it doesn't always go so well. Oh my God. I can think of two distinct moments. So the business is a haircut in color franchise. Okay. Um, I'm a bald guy, so that's odd, but Hey, <laughs> you know, it was, you know, but I, we love the, the, the culture. It's an urban aesthetic. It's, um, it's a unisex, uh, cut in color. So we really very welcoming, uh, to, to folks that maybe not can't find the right spot to, to come to. 
It was uh, originally based out of Portland, and and so our our franchise is in Tempe, Arizona. It's called Bishop's Cuts Color, and it, we were one of the first outside of their footprint of Portland and Seattle to open. We were actually not the first to buy, but the first location it opened. So so we we had that. So I I remember distinct this moment. We we just love the concept, love the brand. I remember going in to we're building out our location, right? And I'm looking around, going, this is going to be ours. This yeah. is awesome, and it was great. And I loved it and loved everything about it. So we're building this out. It's great. Brand opening comes and a few couple of customers come. I was like, okay, th- this, this can happen. It's good. And then a couple of weeks passed and I start to look at my small business loan bank account b- balance and I'm going down. I'm like, then finally um, we're getting a long way. And, and then my wife on a Monday, I'll never, I'll never forget. It's a Monday. She comes and goes, um, you do realize we have to pay everybody on Wednesday, right? I'm like, yes, I'm going to have to make a transfer out of the old savings account over to the business account to make payroll. Um, because in our yeah. in our in our setup, we're they're all W-2 employees. We don't sell seats or you know, let people rent a seat or whatever. They like we they're our employees. Yeah. That that you go from that high of oh, this is ours, we get this cool new shop, and it's gonna be great to oh, yeah, all right, that's gonna be taking money out of one pocket and putting it into another. Mm-hmm. Um, fortunately, we could do that and and we never missed a payroll. But there were some moments um, that uh, that you look around and go, "Wow, that's that that's the reality of it," and the and the cash flow problems are real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that moment when you realize, "Wow, I'm paying the people, but I'm not paying myself." <laughs> no <laughs> doubt, <laughs> never paid <laughs> to make yeah. zero dollars. Actually, lose yeah. money if you're taking it from savings. So, yeah. um, so that I think most. I think a lot of people can relate to new business owners sure. who think they know what they're getting into. And then, I mean, I was one of them in 20, yeah. 2009, when I started my business, I was just so excited to finally be doing my passion. Little did I know about running a business, knew nothing about finances and all of that. And I, I, I definitely had some hard years of a lot of big, hard lessons to learn. And um, so I think people, I, I think you're in good company is what I'm saying. At least you and I are, but I think some people listening. Oh, I, I, it's very rare that I, that, right. The, the overnight success is typically something that takes seven, eight or nine years. Right. So yeah. it, you, you know, folks will say, Oh, look at, look, look at Mr. Smith. He, he's got, he's got a couple of businesses that are running. He's got free time and he can do X, Y, and Z. Well, no one knows that Mr. Smith spent eight, nine, 10, 12 years building those things so that yeah. he could have that freedom. So I think the, the promise of the freedom and the promise of of being able to support yourself and your family and whatever you want to do that's real i mean i that is, go after it but realize that that journey right it, it is it is full of moments of hitting the ceiling dealing with stuff how am i going to respond to that stuff having the mental fortitude to realize that that stuff is coming and and taking it as it comes and, and then taking action to to overcome it um you got to be in that space to to do it and do it right, and and it takes a while to learn that, right? It's one thing to run a small little lawnmower service, right? That's there's no stakes there, but now you're paying rent, you're paying people, like those stakes go up a little bit, and then obviously if you're taking even bigger swings, stakes get higher, and you just gotta you've got to have that tolerance there. And I would say that's the one thing that I see as a commonality with all the business owners I talk to is there is a tolerance for risk, there's a tolerance for struggle. And a and a belief that there is going to be something on the other side. I'm gonna I'm gonna work through whatever it is that's been put in front of me. Yeah, you know, that's that. Those are the folks that actually can get to that point where they can look back and say, "Oh yeah, that overnight success story of the last eight years is <laughs> yeah. made reality." So in your bio, we mentioned that you are an EOS integrator. How much yeah. has EOS played a part in your business transition or success? Um, yeah, where it's did that come in. 
Yeah, you know, one of those things where I wish I knew about it a while ago, you know, I kind of came to it late in all reality and and came to it more from the academic side. You know, I was talking to someone, they said, hey, read a book. And this is the book you want to read, read. They actually started with the second book in, in in the book series that makes up EOS, which was rock, which is rocket fuel. Uh, but then I immediately read Traction, which is the, the the book that the whole system is based on. And it was one of those things, Michelle, I'm sure you've had a time. You read something like, oh, I get that, right? Yeah. Like that makes perfect sense. So I read this book. I'm like, oh, that's I've been doing some of that, but I wasn't calling it that, right? So in, in Rocket Fuel, it defines two roles and, and it's part of Traction as well, but it defines a visionary, right? Michelle, you're the visionary. You've got ideas. I'm going to do this. This is going to be great. I'm going to set the culture. Where are we going next? Oh, here's, we're going to go after this. And yeah. folks are willing to follow you. You've got those big ideas. But then there's this complementary piece, the integrator. And this integrator is the, this is the person that gets stuff done, right? Yeah. That's the get stuff done person. They're the glue. They hold the thing together. They kind of act as a governor for the visionary and his or her <laughs> next great idea. Um, and I was an integrator most of my life. And and so I just wasn't called that, but I was a get stuff done guy, right? I mean, yeah, I, I read performance reviews and yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's what that's what I did. So that was the first thing, right? That that part of it, that's what my career was about. And then then Traction really put it into, it, it, in Chris Lydon said, oh, it's all in one place. Here's what it looks like in a nice, tidy package. Yeah. Then the second thing is I love to coach, right? And we talked about it earlier. I was I did some basketball coaching. I've done some coaching in the business world. So, right, got got that coaching element and that's what I get to do. When, when I get to work with companies is coach them through. Um, yeah, as EOS implementers, we don't consult. We don't tell you how to do your business. We trust you know your business better than we ever will. What we're going to do is help you run it better. Yeah. This is about execution and it's about getting all that energy that exists in your organization all pointed in the same direction. Right. So I get to do that coaching. And then the third thing is I'm a business owner and I get to speak to entrepreneurs and learn lessons and share lessons that I learned and learn from them. So those three things came together and like, oh, this all comes together and I, this is this is what I should be doing. Um, and Definitely. super excited to be doing it. So that, that that's the that's the journey to, to this place where I get to have that opportunity to, to run a business, but also help others with their business. Yeah, and I and I totally can understand it. I, as you mentioned, I am uh, we've done EOS in my company, Performance Publishing, and I am the visionary for sure. Right, for sure. My husband is very involved in the business and he's the integrator. So it yeah. has worked well. Not always. Um, yeah. it, you know, because come from different viewpoints, but I imagine there's some people listening who don't know what EOS is. So can you kind of back up a little bit and explain what it is? And Yeah. Yeah. Not, not to jump forward. So EOS is not, I don't know if you have those gyms there. We have those gyms in Arizona called EOS as well. And I'm constantly saying, no, not the gym, right? I'd say, uh, but EOS stands for the entrepreneurial operating system. And a lot of folks key in that word system and think, oh, I need to buy some software. it, It is, it is not that this is about really executing within your business and, and how you're going to run your business day in, day out, week in, week out, month in, month out. Right? It, is, it is giving you strategies, tools, and techniques to run your business effectively and get you to spend time from being in the business all the time to actually thinking about being working on the business and doing the planning that's needed as a business owner. So we work, with, we work with those owners and leadership teams to do just that get working on the business and not just in it all the time. And, you know, I don't know if one role has a harder time than the other, but I speaking as a visionary, I can tell you that structure and systems and and my, even my personality type, I'm a high eye and the disc style, like those are not, those don't come natural to me, systems and structure. So, you know, when I was first introduced to EOS by my husband, um, it was a little, I was a little resistant. I'll be honest. Cause I'm like, I I got this. I know what I'm doing. Not surprising. 
right. Well, but, but visionaries, <laughs> visionaries create businesses, right? Visionaries have the ideas. They have the product. They have the service. They, they have the idea to fill in a gap in the marketplace, or yeah. they have a passion they want to follow. That's a visionary. So almost, it's very hard for an integrator to, to found a business. It's not unheard of, but it's very, it just doesn't happen that way because the integrators think about, well, how am I practically going to get this stuff done? Right. And, and they're not thinking about that, that idea. So you get this founder idea and typically, you know, as you're getting started out, can't afford to bring anybody else on. So you're trying to play this role of here's the idea. Oh, I got to execute it. Right. You're, right. You're trying to do it all. And it's super hard. And so this relationship is so critical. And when it's done well, right, that's when companies really take off. And that's where the, the title rocket fuel comes from when you're combining the, the spirit, passion, ideas of the visionary. Yeah. And the integrator making it all happen, you know, you combine those two things, rocket fuel, and there you go. And that's what, what spoke to me. So, um, yeah, yeah, it, and I'm not surprised at all that you feel that way. I'm not surprised at all that you have some reluctance on it, but it also will help you move your ideas into reality. Oh, I mean, it, it totally it just, did. Yeah. Just going through some of the 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 simple processes, you know, and and thinking yeah. through your values and thinking through, you know, what do we really do and what are we known for and what are we you know, just and and dreaming and and planning and all of that stuff is so so important and and so that's what you get to do and how cool that you do this. So yes. because you know that if for a company that implements this and actually, you know, there's a lot there, right? So if they actually implement, you know what the result's going to be. Um, it, it, it's fun to see where they're going, even though they don't know when, when they start. And it's actually talk to anyone that that does this, and there's actually now 700 or so implementers across the world, mostly US and Canada, but we, there's Australia and, and, and New Zealand and the UK, we've got someone in Japan, Israel. So, I mean, we're starting to really kind of get where why, but um, it, it, everyone would say to you, the, the best part is the start. It, it's it's the hardest part, but it's the best part is the start because we know where you can, if you do it, right? It, and that's, that's an if, but we know if you commit to doing it, we know where you're going to be and yeah. what it's going to look like typically 18 to 24 months. It's a, it's a, it's a journey that, that you've got to really commit to going, nothing gets, nothing done well gets done overnight. Right. So, but, but we can look and say, okay, if you do these things and you build, build this in place and you're right, it's pretty simple. Like the things that we talk about, you're like, well, yeah, of course, but it's the actual act of doing them over and over again, which is really the, the secret to it is just put your head down and do these things, but you will get the benefits from them. And so the start is the best part because we know where you're going. Give me a story. So you work with a lot of different businesses. Do you, can you yeah. think of any story of somebody that you've helped over the years um, and, and, you know, kind of the results of where they started and where they ended or. Yeah, I'm going to personalize it a little bit. If you, if you don't mind, just go back to, to the business that, that we've got. We run our business on EOS surprise, right? And, and yeah. You know, I, we mentioned the, the struggles that we we've had, and and what there's a couple things that I can point to that made, has made all the difference for for our business today. And, and I'm gonna I'm gonna brag on my wife here for just a second. I mentioned to you that you know making payroll those early years now, uh, six and a half years later. So we opened in 2017. Um, we we reached so last week we had the highest revenue location in the entire franchise system. So oh, that gotcha. story is a real one. And, and they're in, in consistently ranking in the, in the top three uh, of all of the locations in the network. So um, it's a pretty awesome story. And uh, she gets, she gets credit on that because in that environment, she's our integrator. Like she just 
she just drives things. It's funny. Okay. I, I, I steer integrator, but in that relationship, she's like further down the scale. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. But two, two, get yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it, it, it can lead to some challenges. Um, but two things that, that, that came directly from bringing EOS into that business. The, the first is, and you mentioned him really defining core values. Like we thought we knew what we were about, but once we actually went through and wrote them, Yes. And said, this is why we come to work every day. This is what we show up to do. Mm-hmm. And really, really valuable. And, and because it does two things. One, it makes you want to keep doing it. Like we're actually, we're providing something that's not out there. So that that is great. And then two, it is a tremendous lens to make sure we're attracting the right people. Right. We use core values to make sure that we've got all of the right people working for us. Right. So that what, there's, Six components that we we look to strengthen within a company within EOS. One is the, the first is the vision and making sure there, but the second and probably the most important is really that people component. And we talk about right people, right seats. Yeah. You use your core values to make sure you've got the right people that they fit the culture like a glove. And the the most dangerous scenario in any organization is someone that really knows their job really well. They're a super duper finance person. Like you you trust them with your own money. So you know they've got the company's best interest over the money, but my God, they don't match any of your core values. Yeah, that is so troubling. And and so we say, right person, right seat. You have to have both. So we have had us, and this is kind of the biggest lesson number two. We had our top producing stylist in, in our location employee that so right there knows the job. Yeah, for a small business, top producing person. Like Meet them. right, <laughs> total culture mismatch. Mm. Despite the success that this individual was demonstrating, we had a bad fit. And the lesson learned is we let that hang on because we were looking at the dollar and not the impact on the location. And you know what? We're doing better without her after she exited than we were when she was there dominating, doing her own thing. You know, I hear this over and over and over and over again, and I can relate so much as well. But, you know, especially when you're starting a business, you're so desperate to just get anyone to help because, uh, you know, usually you're doing everything at first. Yeah get them in. Oh, they're rock. They're rocking it. Great. But um, yeah, when we went through that process, I mean, I thought I really had a pretty clear culture. I thought everybody knew my values, my mission and all of that. And um, for us, one of the benefits was when we got clarity and then when we shared it with the team and say, this is who we are. These are the non-negotiables. This is how we show up for our clients. This is how we act. This is our behavior. It um, one, it reinforced the right people that were there. Um, thankfully, we didn't lose anybody per se, but I think it became it was just it was helpful for them to know yeah. what's expected of them, too. And um, sure. there's just so many benefits. But then you're not stuck with the wrong fit, which ultimately is not going to help your business. Not going to help your business. They're uncomfortable. They're feeling like a square peg in a round hole. Like, yeah. why, why am I here? They don't want to come to work when they're in that, right? So it's an it's an incredible attraction tool for bringing the right people into the business, but it also is a great retention tool because yeah. now you know, the folks that are coming in, they want to be there because they're all about what you're about, right? right? And, and and so, and the great thing about, about EOS, so I'm, I'm you're doing it in a publishing company, in a, in a media company, I'm doing it in, in, in a haircut shop, but I, I have a painting client, I have an accounting client, like you name a business and there is a client there that is running on EOS because it is business agnostic. It just doesn't matter. Right. You have core values. You may not have articulated them yet, but they already exist. So we don't put core values on the company. You, you tell us what they are, right? You identify them and discover them. So that's inherently who you are. Like you said, you know what you're about. 
Just yep. get them down on paper. Oh, that's clear. Oh, now I see all that stuff. And then we help assess everyone in the organization against that list of core values. Does everyone match up? And when they don't, it's okay because they're not happy anyway, guaranteed. Because if someone's not on the same page with the core values, they're, they're going to be in a wrong spot and, and it's going to end badly one way or the other. So better just to sniff it out, figure it out and move on. And, totally and, true. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's such a great it's a it's a great uh, tool. It's a great system. Um, the fact that you can help people through that whole process is is pretty amazing. Yeah. Uh, two quick questions uh, before sure. we wrap. So the show is called the Power of Authority Spotlight, and and Power of Authority is a play on words. Authority is a play on words. You can't spell authority without author. Doesn't mean you have to have a book. But what I mean by that is we all have a way that we're leveraging our authority. Uh, you're doing it through podcasting and other ways. What else What else is working for you to build your brand, build your authority, build your um, platform? Yeah, so it, it, it's interesting because I think this is evolving for me over time, right? The story, it, it continues to, to evolve, right? You're a storyteller and helping that. And so I, I've been actually spending a lot of time thinking about this very question. I, I think that the, the podcast that I host has been very helpful there because I'm hearing other stories and say, oh, yeah, that makes sense. That's me. Oh, no, that's not. So it's helping me polish that off. That's the first thing. The second thing is being very authentic when I come to clients and say, this is who you're getting with me. And so every client that every EOS implementer has ever worked with goes through a 90-minute matchmaking session, for lack of a better term. We call it our 90-minute meeting, but we introduce ourselves, we introduce EOS, we talk about the tools, and then we say, does this sound good to you? And do you like me? Right. <laughs> you have to have that fit. Exactly. So it's a good match. And, and so, right, you've got to be authentic in there because if you put a different face forward, it's going to be really bad for the client. It's, it's not going to be a great experience. And so I've really, you laughed a little bit earlier about being the get stuff done guy, but I've made that a big part of my story because that's what I'm going to bring to the table, right? I'm not, there are plenty, plenty of people that do what I do because they created their own business, then sold it or, or had, a, had a great exit or turned it over to their employees or whatever they did, but they were the visionaries and they come and they bring that angle to being an implementer. Fantastic. They can speak the language of the visionary to visionary and then help the visionary introduce these tools. I think that's awesome. That's not me. I come from the other side. Look, I've been spending my whole career getting stuff done. Yeah. You've got great ideas. I'm going to come in and show you how EOS is going to help you get stuff done. Yeah. That's where my angle is. And that's where I, I need to spend my time. And when, when I can find an organization that is struggling in that space, that becomes a much better fit. Mm. So that that's where that, that's where I think is my my story is continuing to come around, but I, I'm you know start to really say okay yeah this is what I'm going to bring to you, and that's not for everybody, which is cool, right? I can find them someone else that it's there for. That's that's fine as well. And what you just said is so key, and I feel like m authenticity is really the key in business. Uh, I mean, everybody, especially nowadays with our world of being social and people putting on their best you know, best foot forward, but at the end of the Everyone's day, living this great life. Like, why am I not living that life? Like, it's, yeah. it's, once again, it's the, it's the eight-year overnight success story that I, I, I say facetiously all the time. It's like, it's just, it just doesn't happen. It's this up and down, peaks and valleys. Uh, yeah. Just, and I think people want to work with other people that are authentic, who are real and who've been there, done that. So I think that is great advice, actually. So I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. How can people get a hold of you to learn more about, you know, maybe doing that 90-minute session or learn more about what you could do to help them? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a couple different ways. Um, EOSWorldwide.com backslash Scott dash Goodrich. So EOS Worldwide is it's, it's the website where all of these tools are available. There's some that are available for free. Some folks like to take it on themselves and not work with a coach. So that's available there. You can also find an implementer in your area and you can certainly find me at Scott dash Goodrich after the EOS Worldwide. So that, that's one way. Um, 
You can also email me, scott.goodrich at EOS Worldwide. And uh, for anyone that's interested, I, I mentioned the book Traction. That is what EOS is based on. And I'm more than happy to provide anyone that reaches out to me via email or, or there's actually a link on that site. Uh, would like a free copy of the book Traction. think this is something I'd like to learn more about. Take a read. Even if you never work with an EOS implementer, I guarantee you that if you read the book, you're going to grab a couple of things, say, oh, I should be doing that in my business. Like you're going you're gonna to grab something from it. And I'm a, just a big advocate of keep reading, keep learning. This is, can just be another tool in your toolbox. And then if you're all in like I am, let's chat. Yeah. And what a generous offer, giving it away for free. It is a great book. I have it on my bookshelf, so I highly recommend it. Um, all right. What would be your one last question? And our parting words is more of um, for somebody listening who's maybe they don't know VOS, maybe they do, but they're yeah. a business owner going through the journey. Maybe this has been a, a frustrating year uh, yeah. or, or a lot of unknowns. Any advice you would give to them on how to keep moving forward and so for I will share what what I, what has been great for me because as you and I talked about before before we got started right there uh, ups and downs personally professionally everyone's got stuff going on so the first thing that I would say is as you're talking to others whether it's in your company peers family know that everyone's got something going on and just understand that right they're in a space you're in a space just be appreciative of that because things people got stuff going on and you just give them that that grace, that kindness, that generosity of, of time and, and space. I think there's there's a lot to be said for that and, and the way that treating one another. That's the first thing. The second thing is keep learning, keep yeah. reading. I, you know, I, I'm I've been digesting books. I, I like to read first off, and I it's typically one one for me and then one for business. But th this learning journey continues, and there's so many great books out there. I talk about them on my podcast. We certainly have a number in the Traction Library. You can find multiple books on anything that you're struggling with um, or that you'd like to learn more about and, and just pull them down on the shelf, read them, listen to them, spend a little time with them. Um, you got to keep learning. If you're, if you're not in that space and you own a business, you're going to get, you're going to get past. It's not, it's not going to move at the pace that you want it to. You, you can't just say, Oh, I'm going to put my nose down and keep grinding. Take a minute, grab a book, grab an audible, go for a walk and and learn a little. And And that giving yourself that space away from the business to, to digest something else is going to be really, really valuable for you as you as you want to grow your business. Great advice, because you know, being a business owner is not for the faint of heart, and uh, we have to continuously build our mind, build our you know, keep our thoughts on, in the right area, also learn new things so we can continue to grow and develop. Because ultimately, we're business owners because we're here to serve others. So we have to take care of ourselves in order so we can serve more people. One hundred percent. Take that time. We call them clarity breaks in EOS. You can call them whatever you'd like, but this is take. 15, 30 minutes and just stop. Think, yep. right, right. As you, I know you encourage folks to write things down, what, whatever it is, but clear the mind. You'll be amazed what happens. Dan Sullivan has written many books that I follow. And he's, he's great. I know you know strategic coach, but you know, he encourages a full day every week. I think, you know, that's, and he's, he's done great things. Hard to argue with, with that advice. So start small and build that. But he's like, every week he spends a day not thinking anything about his business and look what that business has done. So there, Absolutely. sometimes less is more. I mean, I mean, there's something to that that uh, is is worth ex exploring for you individually as, as to how that works into your world. Awesome. Well, Scott, thank you so much for yeah, being thank on you the show. for having me. Learned I a lot, it. and yeah. uh, definitely take advantage of that free traction book. And um, I hope that this information is helpful on getting you farther down your author journey. So, thank you so much again for being here, Scott. That is it for the Power of Authority Spotlight. We will see you next time. Make it a good one.
much for listening to the Power of Authority Spotlight. If you are a successful founder, entrepreneur, business owner, or leader that's getting results and making a difference, and you'd like to be on this program, please visit performancepublishinggroup.com forward slash podcast to apply. That's performancepublishinggroup.com forward slash podcast. Also, if you got something out of this interview, please share this episode. Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag, the power of authority spotlight. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content, so make sure you don't miss any episodes by subscribing. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our websites, performancepublishinggroup.com or michelleprince.com. And follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.